0: Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: Great job by Austin on Sounds of the Week right there. Welcome back, Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sounds of the Week brought to you by the Ford Fan Zone. Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 801-325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. We're going to talk to Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report coming up here momentarily so stay tuned for that we'll take uh, just a brief break from college football and talk a little nba basketball for your nba daily assist and then we'll uh, be right back to it getting you ready for the pac-12 title game tonight uh, in santa clara with utah and oregon but right now let's get to it it's time for your nba daily assist awesome it's time for your
0: nba daily assist now senior nba writer for bleacher report Howard back on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports
1: Network. NBA Daily is brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Cold weather is here. Is your home's heating system ready? Lee's Heating and Air is now offering the winter furnace checkup for only $59. Call Lee's Heating and Air today 801-747-LEES or online at leesheatac.com Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a Flex Lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store or nearest you of the Bleacher Report. He's our friend Howard Beck. Hi, Howard. How are you?
2: Hey, Jake. Good. How are you?
1: Doing very, very well. Uh, a little bit better myself than most Jazz fans out there right now. Howard, get your take on the Jazz. They're coming off a, a five-game road trip, which was brutal, playing the best teams in the East, and then return home to play the Lakers, who look really great. But the Jazz, uh, on top of uh, playing against tough teams, Howard, they just haven't looked very good, and fans are a little uneasy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I have anything new to tell you this week that we didn't talk about last week. I just, you know, as I, I saw some of the Laker game, they just looked thoroughly outmatched, and um, but the Lakers are thoroughly outmatching a lot of people, and, uh, you know, as, as we often talk about, uh, you know, elite talent dictates this league. Uh, it's hard to, to compete with LeBron and AD, and... The Jazz, for whatever reason, I think defensively don't seem quite to be at at their peak yet. But, you know, they've also often been a a great second-half team. You know, they've often, last few years, had those early-season struggles and kind of pulled it together mid-season. Sometimes it's been injury-influenced for the Jazz. Um, But I I think the defense will get back to where it needs to be. But, um, you know, the Lakers are making everybody look bad, so I don't think that they should necessarily take too much from that one. But it just shows you how big the gap still is between them and the, the top teams in the West. And right now that's the Lakers and Clippers. And I, I don't know that anybody else is even really close. Um, you know, they might be in the standings, but I don't think anybody else is in terms of, of uh, long-term potential this season. So uh, I, I, same old concerns that I've had with the Jazz the last couple of years. Uh, they're just uh, There's not enough offensive punch there. And they they've been able to get away with that when their defense has been at an elite level. But as as soon as your defense slips, there's just not enough dynamism in that offense. And again, things we've talked about you know Ingles maybe not not being as as sharp uh, to start the season. Mike Conley not being uh, the the same player so far. And yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I have any words of, of encouragement for jazz fans. I, I think you just got to kind of let let this thing play out and, and see if they can you know find a, a little bit better rhythm as they go.
1: Howard, you're there in the New York area, and the Knicks obviously in the news today, parting ways with their head coach David Fisdale. What was slash is a bigger problem with the Knicks: Fisdale or the clunky cavalcade of power forwards that don't seem to fit to the modern game?
2: I mean, it's closer to the second thing you mentioned, but that's just an indication of bad management overall, which is the story of the New York Knicks for the last 20 years. Their problem, you know, if, if, if we're talking about just the, the, the moments, you know, just today, Fizdale was fired um, mostly because of problems not created by him. I don't think he did that great of a job in the year plus that he was the Knicks coach, but he wasn't given very good tools to work with. Um, That said, there have been other teams the last several years where, as they're rebuilding, you see a coach come in and start to create an identity and a culture and and, and give fans a distinct sense of what they're going to be about. The Nets did that while they were rebuilding in their first couple years under Kenny Atkinson when they had almost no talent there to speak of, but you got a sense immediately of what they were trying to accomplish, what their offense was Trying to do what their defensive identity was, they they had a, a, a you know a, a clear mission about them, and, and other teams picked up on it. And the Sixers even did that during the process. But there's been no identity formed during the time that Fizdale has been here. Now you could argue that it, he wasn't here long enough, and they have turned over a lot of the roster in the meantime too. But um, I just I just don't think that, that there was any indication that he was having a positive impact. And as bad as the roster is, it, it, I don't think it should be four and 18 bad. So. You know, I mean, maybe they should have three or four more wins, and then that's still a bad team. But still, you can make the case he just didn't do the best with what he had. But it still goes back to the bigger picture, though. The bigger picture is this: is what the Knicks do. Every couple of years, they're firing a front office, or they're firing a coach, or firing both, and starting the process all over again. And there's no, uh, uh, you know, continuity. There is no consistent vision from the top, from ownership, and that's Jim Dolan. Um, he's, he's always been this way. He's impulsive, he's impatient, and he's a meddler. And while there's no evidence that he's, he's uh, hijacked a trade, as he once upon a time did with the Carmelo Anthony deal, um, he is the one responsible for installing Steve Mills as head of basketball operations, and Steve Mills had no prior experience running a front office and or even being a, a, a GM except for the short time that he spent under Phil Jackson. Steve Mills was, you know, came up as a basketball marketing person. And so, um, you know, but he he was a Dolan guy, and so Dolan hired him to run basketball operations. And this is what you've got. They were overconfident in free agency. They struck out on the big names. They spent wildly on a bunch of, you know, redundant power forwards. And here they are.
1: So uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, maybe it was a little bit longer than that. Uh, I believe it was Kevin Durant who, who made some comments about how nobody wants to play for the New York Knicks. I would, I would guess that they have a similar reputation in coaching circles. And with that in mind, I mean, who exactly would be a, a candidate for this gig or what kind of, what kind of job would actually take, or what kind of coach would actually take this job?
2: Somebody always will. I don't know who that would be today. Um, Somebody always will because they'll get paid a lot of money to do it. But if you follow the last several years of, you know, uh, Knicks coming and goings, uh, whether it's GMs or coaches, whoever, everybody always kind of leaves worse off than, than, than when they got here. You know, uh, Phil Jackson was a legend, and then he came to run the Knicks, and he, he's now, you know, that, that kind of experience tarnished him. The experience, experience tarnished Isaiah Thomas and Jeff Hornacek and Larry Brown and Lenny Wilkins. And the list can just go on and on. Um, somebody will take the job um, because it pays well and because this is a great market and there's a certain prestige to it. But uh, it, it, you know, I hate to be this bleak about it, but it feels like you know, this, is a, this is a job that you come in doomed to fail. You try your best and you know that you know, the worst thing that happens is you get fired and you walk away with a lot of money.
1: Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us on 97.5 and twelve eighty of the Zone. I want to get your thoughts on Houston, uh, the Rockets protesting this game against San Antonio? And granted that that James Harden that that dunk it, it went in. I mean, it was one of your more ludicrous calls or missed calls or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it was it was horrible. But they can't actually believe that they're going to replay the end of this game, right? How about I hold on to the thirteen point lead, regardless?
2: Yeah, I, I generally fall in the camp of whenever anybody is citing officiating as a reason that they lost a game. It's not to say that officiating is blameless. You know, that, you know refs blow calls, uh, you know, things happen. But I'm kind of fall in the camp of, of what you just kind of outlined, which is, hey, you've you, you got a million other ways to, to win the game. There's a bunch of other things that you did that were completely in your control that or didn't do that cost you a game on any given night so i don't really believe in blaming the refs for wins and losses in general um this is a really weird case because it's not oh hey we got fouled and you didn't call it or whatever it's they actually scored a basket that did not count that should have counted which i don't i i'm, I'm undecided on this like just intellectually is that the same thing as missing a foul call that, that prevented a potential basket or mm. a, an out-of-bounds call that was incorrectly ruled? Is that the same? I, I don't know. I mean, the Rockets are certainly making that case. They're, or, or they're making a case this is different than that. This is not just your average blown call. This is, we scored a basket. We did what you're supposed to do. We put the ball through the hoop, and it should have given us two points, and instead it ended up giving us zero points. Um, that's, you know... That's a problem for the league uh, it was it is a, a horrendously blown call. It's oh, also the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I don't know that I've ever seen anywhere at any time a ball go through the basket and then somehow magically like squirt around the outside of the rim and come back up over it like i I don't even understand the physics of what happened um, and I don't know what their their chances of, of winning this protest are i If I had to guess, my guess is that that they get. Uh, turned down on this that they that they don't win the protest um, and that it's not replayed, but I can I can see where they're coming from. It is, a, it is a thoroughly bizarre situation.
1: Howard, if you're looking for a physics lesson, you've come to the wrong show, my man. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers. We just saw uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis. That's that's obviously working so well. Where they really impressed me the other night, Howard, is the other pieces that they've put around LeBron and Anthony Davis are functioning together remarkably well.
2: They are. Um, you know, I I am among those who have been a little skeptical the supporting cast that you know they don't have a clear third guy the way that the Clippers do with Lou Williams. Um, And that's not always necessary. And when your top guys are as talented as LeBron and ADR, it creates a lot of room and opportunity for, you know, guys like Danny Green, Catavius Caldwell, Pope, or whoever, to, to do their job, or even for Dwight Howard, who is finally, finally, finally accepting a limited, tailored role and playing it to the hilt. And kudos to him for for taking advantage of that and doing a great job for them. Uh, you know, the concern for them will be, it's we're only a quarter of the, of the season in. Uh, Anthony Davis has some shoulder issues already. LeBron is about to turn 35. Can they get through the season with those guys in, uh, you know, at, at peak performance level without any drop off, without any injuries? Um, if they're if they need load management, if they need a night off or whatever it may be. Um, you know, who carries them then? Um, And that may not be an issue ultimately. You know, you get to the playoffs, you know, as long as your stars are healthy, they're going to carry you night in, night out. But over the course of the 82-game season, it's important for them to preserve LeBron as as much as they can, given the mileage on him and and Anthony Davis uh, for different reasons. And so they don't have another guy they can turn to when those guys are either out or limited. Um, But as long as they're whole, you know, that's a really potent team.
1: Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us in ninety seven five and twelve eighty of the zone. So who knew that uh pulling uh the, the Blazers season out of the fire was uh, uh it was only gonna take Carmelo Anthony?
2: Yeah, I mean I think it's you know, not quite as simple as that, of course. I don't think <laughs> this is just about them picking up Carmelo. Um, they did need just some change, some injection of, of new blood and, and uh you know, somebody to stabilize them a little bit. They made a lot of changes in the off season, and you know my feeling is that, you know, you know, chemistry is such a delicate thing and such a hard to define thing, and you know you you know it when you see it, and then you, you don't realize it when you've lost it until until things start to fall apart. Well, they they lost you know all these guys over the summer that most people probably thought, eh, they're just role guys, but it was you know Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard and Jake Lehman and um, Evan Turner. And, you know, those all seem like just replaceable parts, but that team consistently overachieved during the time that they were there. And now all of a sudden they're all gone. They've been replaced by this other cast of characters, including Hassan Whiteside, who's been in kind of a, a chemistry buster or at least a chemistry concern in prior stops. And so they suddenly just weren't. The same. Well, it's because it's not just about C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard. It's about the whole group. Um, so Carmelo comes in at a time when they're really desperate and is able to put some easy points on the board, and it's it's helped stabilize them. You know, look, is is he the long-term solution? Is he going to do this the, the entire season? Is he going to accept uh, a limited role in the nights when it's more about Lillard and McCollum? Um, because Carmelo's usually wanted a really, uh, you know, extensive role. So like, how's it, how's it ultimately going to work out over the course of the rest of the season? I'm not being, trying to be skeptical about it. I'm just saying like it's really early yet. And he's had a few good games and they've won a few and that's great. But I don't think we should rush to draw conclusions.
1: Howard, today our conversation with you was a brief break away from uh, college football talk. Utah's in the Pac-12 title game tonight against Oregon. Uh, with your gig, do you get a chance to be a, a fan of other sports, or, or do you get in or pay attention to other sports that are going around, or are you just so deep in the NBA, it's it, it all moves on past you?
2: Yeah, I, I stopped uh, being a fan of, of any teams or rooting for anybody a long, long time ago uh, in general because of the job. and. When it comes to other sports, I yeah, I'm so immersed in the NBA, I don't really feel like I have time anyway for those other sports. Um so no. I it, it's uh I'm 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 uh, absolutely oblivious to everything else going on in college football, you know, pro football, baseball, whatever it may be.
1: Well I'll tell you this, I know you are a world famous celebrity, so if you bump into any college football playoff committee members, Howard, put in a good word for Utah. I know you haven't probably <laughs> watched them, but slip a good word in there, buddy. I'll see what I can do. Thanks, Howard. You're the man. That is Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report uh, taking a little break from college football for uh, our NBA Daily Assist. We'll talk college football with Gordon Monson coming up right around the corner. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Hans Olsen going to jump on the show as well. And, of course, pregame officially takes over at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Friday. We greatly appreciate it. We're hoping to talk to Gordon at some point during this segment, but joining me now in studio, of course, you hear him every day from noon to 3 with Scott Gerard, but also he is the anchor of our college football coverage right here on The Zone Radio Network. He has been all year long. He does a terrific job. He's a former Cougar. He's a former Colt. What, is, what was the name of the... the former Voodoo? Blaise.
3: Voodoo? Was that the New Orleans The one? Voodoo? Firebirds?
1: Former uh, member of the Blaze. He is Hans Olson with us. Hans, thanks for ducking in uh, a couple of segments early. I appreciate it.
3: I am glad to be here, and I'm glad that it was just a couple of seconds, because I know Gordon's standing by and waiting to jump on, too. What I'd like to say, though, is I'd like to congratulate Scott Gerrard for being nominated as one of three finalists for Broadcaster of the Year.
1: You know, uh, well, the other two, of course, are, well, one's on our staff, and Bowler might as well be on our staff, yeah. right, with uh, with DJ and Bowler. Uh, but did you know that, that Gordon is up for... Sports Writer of the Year as well? I did not. Well, he is. In fact, let's get out to the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get an iPhone 11 on us when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease and eligible trade-in through December 25th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He is my co-host, Gordon Monson. What's happening, Gordon?
0: Well, it's uh, first of all, give you the weather forecast or weather conditions, really. Right now, it's very humid feeling uh they say it's like 65 degrees it feels a little cooler than that uh and uh the the forecast is for rain right about uh right after the game starts so the game might start dry but uh it's uh, supposed to rain and that's nothing new. we've been saying that all week well right now it's
1: not raining did you take a jacket this time gordon
0: I do have a jacket. Oh, good. Okay. Uh however I will be sitting inside and uh, the fans will be outside, but many of them will probably be clamoring for shelter once they're in there.
1: But don't you have to go down and, to the to the field with like five minutes to go?
0: Uh, that will be up to my discretion. We'll see, uh, well, whether I feel like it or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but are you, know, you fans wandering around? Uh, the stadium. A lot of Ducks as well, but uh, a lot of you fans. I don't expect this to be anywhere near a full stadium, but it will be interesting to see the ratio of
1: uh, red versus green and, and uh, yellow. How do you expect this game? What type of game are we going to see tonight, Gordon?
0: Uh, you know, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, that, uh, that Oregon offensive line, like I talked with you about yesterday, I'm sure Hans, you've been talking about this as uh, I know you You love to break down that offensive line. And the Ducks have a really, really good one, a veteran line. And how will that stack up against that uh, Utah uh, defensive front? I really think that is the most interesting matchup in the entire game.
1: Uh, I couldn't agree more with you, Gordon. And and I, I ran this by Austin earlier in the show. I don't expect one side or the other to really dominate i mean oregon's offensive line is awesome so is utah's d line i almost expect it to be a little bit of a wash i think utah will be pretty pretty tight against the run but i think that puts a lot of pressure on on justin herbert and a below average wide wide receiving core that's on that side of the ball that's what it comes down to for me can can herbert just be magic and make some average players look really good and i don't know if he can do that
0: well, I'd be really interested in knowing what Hans thinks about this. You know, we give so much credit to that, to those uh, those guys up front, but the guys in the back aren't bad either. And so, if that is true, if that uh, if those wide receivers can't or, or don't demonstrate uh, a high level of talent and speed, then uh, that Utah secondary—I mean, those guys aren't slouches—so uh, that that might be uh, trouble for the Ducks.
3: Well, you know, the crazy thing is, Gordon, when you go back and start evaluating the last two games, Herbert has been so inaccurate, and he's been really an issue for this Oregon offense, and I think the receivers are fine, and they love to hit on the outsides, but I think the wild card tonight is how Justin Herbert plays. Because if he plays like he did against Arizona State, he threw two picks, but he actually threw four. There were two others, one that was a pick six and another one that were just flat out dropped. Hit right in the hands and flat out dropped. So should have thrown four. And I think he's only thrown five in his career, but threw two against Utah State and then against Oregon State. Threw some really wild passes. They were down in the red zone, I think on like the eight, nine yard line. They ran a play action. They had their H-back come off the left side, came all the way across formation to the right, had a trailing outside linebacker, and instead of Herbert trying to force it down low where only that H-back could get it, and by the pylon for a touchdown, he just airs this thing like right out of the back of the end zone. And so I've seen so many bad decisions from him that I wonder if he can gather it all back together and put together a championship performance tonight. That's that's my biggest worry for Oregon.
0: Are you bringing up the point that this guy who has been seen by NFL scouts as one of the top draft picks, and this has been the case, or at least the evaluation for a long, long time, that the Utes might actually have the advantage at the quarterback position tonight? Because that that would be shocking to a, to a national audience.
3: Yeah, and I, I would say that they do. Outside of the one quarter against Colorado, and then the game against USC, Tyler Huntley has been a transformed and better quarterback option than Justin Herbert, in my opinion. Um, he and just...
0: yet, and yet, NFL scouts think this guy will be a first-round draft pick. And see, that's what makes it that much interest more interesting to me is that this youth defense has how many hands? Seven, eight NFL players
1: on this
3: uh, on this roster for the eight, defense. Eight potential. I mean, oh, on the, on the defense. Yeah. Uh, six potential draft picks.
1: Next year. Now we're or we're talking. Excuse me. This year. I mean, this year. Yeah. Total. Like, I mean, we're just talking about the mm-hmm. seniors and Jalen Johnson. Like total on that defense. I mean, the NFL players. There's many more, right? Yeah. I, so oh, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah,
3: so here it is.
0: Uh, you know, the matchup is uh, that makes it that much more intriguing.
3: Well, and I'll tell you this: um, Jordan Love has looked at a better as a better prospect and a, and a higher draft pick or a higher pick at all over Tyler Huntley, and Tyler Huntley's outplayed Jordan Love all year. So,
0: yeah, that's such an interesting discussion point because how many times have we talked about great college players who may not come that well in the NFL level or may not get that opportunity, but it doesn't. It doesn't diminish how great they are in college, and certainly that's a word that describes what Tyler Huntley has done from start to finish this year. Maybe with the exception of the SC game.
3: Yeah, I mean, just go watch the Bills right now. Go watch Joshua Allen. You know, and that tell you everything you need to know. Go look at his his stats in his final year at Wyoming, and then go watch him play right now. And he's making great decisions. He's got top over the over the top type form, and he's everything that an NFL. An NFL scout and an NFL coach could ever want and even then I would say Tyler Huntley's outplaying him from what he played in his senior year with Wyoming so so
0: it, so, it is so, a, as a, as a it, go ahead as a former NFL player Hans let me ask you to so what do you attribute that is that just a really good matching of a quarterback with a system with a running back with, uh, with a team overall that is, is just fits and then they go to the NFL and, uh, okay, all of that sort of gets disrupted. And now you got to rely on other things that, uh, that aren't such a good fit.
3: Yeah, because you think of all the things that can negatively influence a college quarterback. And a lot of those things are limited at the pro level. You don't have bad coaches or coaches with bad design. Well, you do, but they're very few and far between. You don't have an offensive line that just completely wets the bed. You don't have receivers that a ball will hit them right in the face and they'll drop the stupid thing. You know, So everything tightens up from your strength and conditioning to your mental coaching to your on-field coaching to your X's and O's, the playbook, the play calls in regards to percentages and down and distances and defensive strategy. The play calling always fits the package. And so what you're looking for is just the body and the arm. Now, you need intelligence, but you need the body and the arm. I'll never forget – the first time I walked into the facility and met Peyton Manning – I had just gotten there like a week and started into my workout program and he was in the mm-hmm. weight room and I remember walking up to him and he's an inch taller than me and you know how big I am he's an inch taller mm-hmm. than me I'm I'm looking up at him and he didn't have the broadest shoulders but his trunk his hips and his quads were were big and I'm like jeez man that's a big fella that's a really big <laughs> gentleman and uh, you know he, he wasn't the Peyton Manning that he's become but um it was it was just kind of crazy like the overall look of of a pro quarterback and sometimes Gordon you give him the right coaching put them in the right scheme give him the right protection and receivers that catch the ball and you've got yourself a special quarterback
0: well the good thing news for the youths tonight is, It doesn't – that doesn't matter in a game like this when Tyler Huntley is in the comfort zone he's in. And Ute fans will flash back to Brian Johnson in that 2009 Sugar Bowl. And in that moment, it doesn't matter. You know, what matters is how good a college quarterback this guy is and how comfortable is he and what can he do in the moment. And I agree with you, Hans. I mean, I think Huntley – um, Herbert, I, I, I have uh, admired his abilities as a quarterback, but tonight it, it, it could be advantage red because that's all we've seen out of Tyler Huntley other than the SC game. We have seen him do exactly what Andy Ludwig wants him to do, get the ball where and when it should be uh, in this offense. And, and then if that boss can do his thing, and then the youths are going to be tough to stop. And, and look, I'll throw a little Keithy in on this, too. He has been so impressive over the past few weeks. I guarantee you that Duck defense is watching out for number 80
1: tonight. Gordon, we'll, uh, real quick before we let you go, a quick would-you-rather. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Would you rather watch tonight's game outside with the common folk or get a big one of Hans Olsen's patented bear hugs?
0: Uh, well, <laughs> uh, as as having enjoyed one of those bear hugs before, as long as it wasn't bone crushing.
1: It usually is, though. No, that's the risky run. That's that's why the would rather is tough.
0: Uh, I think, uh, I'll, I'll go with the bear hug. I'll go with the bear hug because this is, uh, is and look, I'm looking around right now, and there's a bunch of huge fans Oh, there's a duck fan over there, and he's just shot. You shot. Know, these guys are acclimated to the rain. That's one thing that worries me. One thing that worries me. I mean, these ducks, it's like this is their natural habitat. Uh, the Utes, uh, I mean, I'm watching a, a group of youth fans walk by right here, and they look all bundled up.
1: Thank you, Gordon. Enjoy the game, and we'll catch you on Monday. See you, Gordon. All right, guys. See you. That is Gordon Monson, uh, live from Santa Clara here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Big thanks to Gordo for, uh, for jumping in. All right, coming up next, we're going to forego uh, whole world news and get some, uh, some uh, football breakdown from Hans Olsen. <laughs> Stay tuned. Winner, winner! 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.
0: Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone actually wrapping up a big show. Hans Olsen hanging out a couple of segments early. Appreciate you coming in, Hans. Uh, Hans will anchor our uh, our coverage of the Pac-12 title game coming up at the top at the 5 o'clock hour. Frank Dolce will be here as well. I'm going to hang out uh, during pregame. Real quick jazz update. And I know all the Ute fans are getting cranky when we even briefly change the subject. But mm-hmm. quick jazz update. Uh, it was just released. Mike Conley is officially questionable for tomorrow night's game against the Memphis Grizzlies here at uh, at Vivint Smart Home Arena, so
3: little little news on that front. If you're coming to the game tomorrow, you better than out. Is he is he motivated? Is he motivated to play that game? He wants to play against his old team. Yeah, I would uh, I would think so too. But I think the Jazz can they should be
1: able to beat Memphis without him. I, oh I, heck yeah! He needs to You're in this arena. Yeah. If if I'm giving Mike advice, which I'm not, just tell him to make sure make sure you're right, uh, man. That's that honestly is the most important thing.
3: I'm not. To the point where I feel like the wheels are coming off yet. Like, you know, I'm seeing things that are bugging me um, some effort stuff that I think they could work better, a little more physical on the boards. And I don't like some of the paint defense I saw against the Lakers, but the Lakers are going to get inside and LeBron's going to dish at the rim at will. But I'm not ready to press the panic button yet. They could beat Memphis, and they should beat Memphis, and they've got four more games out of the next five here at Vivint Arena, and they're all winnable. You know, I think it's Oklahoma City. I think Orlando's in think there.
1: Orlando is in there. The, their one road game is against Minnesota.
3: Minnesota, and then there's one other. Was it Phoenix in there?
1: Uh, I can double check. No,
3: it, it, it's okay. But I, I, they get an opportunity to be back here at the arena, and they do need to engage, put it in gear, and start to make up on – this road trip that was lost in this Lakers game when they came back. You know, one thing in, in transitioning
1: back to the Utes, and again, we'll get in full-blown pregame mode at the top of the uh, at the 5 o'clock hour, but one thing that the 2008 Utes team uh, had that's similar to, to this team, and, and help me, hands if I'm really forgetting any, but major injuries. Mm-hmm. Utah has really been... Lucky enough to avoid a lot of that stuff this year, and first amongst them, Tyler Huntley, who played through some stuff, I know, but he's going to finish the yeah. year. I mean, that's that's a huge deal.
3: Yeah, and that comes back to Andy Ludwig. That comes back to the way Ludwig has managed Tyler Huntley, kept him in the pocket, and I just recently put out a tweet runs in two thousand seventeen, runs in two thousand eighteen, and runs in two thousand nineteen for Tyler Huntley. He had ten last week, but the weeks before that, four, four, seven and two, I think were the were the weeks following into that. You go back and look at two thousand seventeen, I think he had twenty-five in that bowl game. He had twenty eight in one of the final games of that season, probably averaging twenty two through the final six games, including that bowl game. 2018, right, similar, 19 to 20 average, and injured. Just couldn't couldn't keep him on the field, and rightfully so. He shouldn't be running that much. He's not Ben Roethlisberger, so put him in the pocket and manage him, and that's what Ludwig did. And Ludwig's done a great job of managing Zach Moss. Remember, Moss showed up with the mysterious cast. the cast
1: that I was looking right at. And then you guys put That's me one in of
3: my favorite you, stories. You put me in a
1: terrible <laughs> spot by making me
3: come on the air, and <laughs> it was already asked. It was the cat was out of the bag, and we're like, "So Jake, everybody's reporting it. What are you seeing?" And you're like, "I don't want to break the rules, guys." But he's got a cast. He's on. got a. Ca- <laughs> it was the emperor's new cast. <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll tell you what, and
1: I I won't I won't sell out the the TV guy. But like as we're standing there getting ready for Zach Moss uh, to to come up, he uh, this TV guy was a little bit late, so Zach started his his availability. Mm-hmm. And up, up walks this TV guy, and it was like right out of Austin Powers, the mole. You know that scene, like the bolly, bolly, yeah. or whatever. I mean this this TV reporter was like,
3: is he green in the business or uh, no? He's a he's a
1: veteran. Oh. You know, Okay. Uh, and, but anyway, he goes. Look at that cast. I mean, that's basically that's a <laughs> on, cast. Tell us about the on cast. On the mic. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So the cast he was almost uh,
1: surprised there. And because why would they make him available with a cast? What are we supposed to do? That was the most ridiculous part of all of that. Like, what, what was what was the purpose? Just tell us. You've done it a million times before. Just tell us he went to class.
3: Yeah. Just yeah. you know what he had. Uh, he don't had put class. me in this position. Don't. don't because Scotty and I are on the other end, we're like, "Jake, tell us what you see." <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh, he's got a cast he's on. He's got a cast on. <laughs> and then I don't want to cast
0: doubt on those other reports. A,
3: and, 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 and to Utah's credit, and and to their SIDs credit, Scotty's phone rang like that. Like like we yeah. hung up with Jake, and it was ringing, and Scotty's like, "Uh oh." <laughs> he goes outside, and they're like, "What are you guys doing?" But you know what? It was right there. It was right in front of you. But, anyways, to the point, uh, they've managed his carries. I think that he's done a great job. He's just more durable. And I love how they've used Henry Cole. And I love how they used Green since he came back from his injury. And I've loved how they've really used a good running back core to, you know, not force Moss into 32, 34, but keep him 25 to 28.
1: Uh, you, uh, you're you good friends with the folks down at Stonehaven Dental, yeah? They, they I love those guys, man. They do pretty good work, huh? Yeah,
3: so I actually moved all my dentistry over to Stonehaven. Did you? The entire family uh, about, well, five months ago. Yeah. So I am a Stonehaven guy. I did it because I love the laughing gas, and it's free. No charge. Who doesn't like laughing gas? Tell <laughs> I, you. I, I, I step into their lounge, their waiting lounge. I'm like, let's go. They're like well, we need to get you in the chair. Let's go. If it weren't illegal, I I would say I think they should
1: just pump a little bit of that gas into their waiting room just to just to get Br- you primed. Bring the, but <laughs> quiet the kids, bring the noise down. I I think they might get in trouble for that, but still. Uh, Solid idea. Nobody I, would ever you know. know. Uh, but anyway, we've got this fantastic promotion going with the uh, the good folks at Stonehaven Dental. It's their Smile Makeover. And if you or someone you know uh, have maybe missing teeth, failing dentures, complex dental challenges, well, then you're going to want to go to 1280thezone.com right now and enter to win the Stonehaven Dental Smile Makeover. The entry deadline is at 6 today, so you've got to get it done. One person will win a free Smile Makeover, but everyone who enters by 6 o'clock today will get a $500 voucher towards a smile makeover. That's Stonehaven Dental smile makeover, only from the Zone Sports Network. Get online right now, 1280thezone.com. Pre-game officially gets underway, coming up next, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I hate goodbyes. To Monday. All right, well, have a good weekend.